Be'ezus Hashem Yisbarech. We're going to continue the eleventh letter of the holy letters of the Balatanya that we're holding in Laskil Chabina, the letter that deals with enlightenment of understanding. And we have given multiple agdamas to understand this letter. And we are going on a very exciting journey together deep into the state of enlightenment. Which although we're doing it very carefully and very slowly, the fact is that the Balatanya, the Tzemach Tzedek spent 35,000 hours compiling some of the main maimorim, the main deep discourses from the Balatanya, where he radically transformed the whole entire way a person thinks about humanity and about life and the inner dimension of Torah. And that's just a big part of the deep concepts that there are in Chassidus. So when one goes very carefully into these words that are said in this letter, they will actually see that there are hundreds of pages that were written on this. And that's why, in fact, we are not going... We are not going very slow. We are going into, into this very deeply where we're getting a panoramic vision of what the Alter Rebbe is trying to convey to this person who is experiencing pain. And that's why we're explaining that the beginning of everything is a state of enlightenment. Meaning to say, a person, in order for him to live a meaningful life, in order for him not to waste his life, not to have a petty life. It must start with his mind. It must start with his observation. He must be able to discover the state of enlightenment with his mind. And that's why we have been engaging in learning this letter, because in a sense, if we see our lives changing even one tiny bit, it started with our mind, with our state of consciousness, our wakefulness. And the Alter Rebbe over here explaining when a person asked him about problems that he has for materiality, problems that he has in his life, tremendous pain that the person went through. The Alter Rebbe answers him, this is not the way where the light of, your, the light of God will be present, will dwell and be present within you. by wanting physical things. And we are going very deep into this to understand, we discussed yesterday, why did Alter Rebbe answer him this question when he never asked that question at all? He never asked Alter Rebbe about the light of Hashem being present within him. And therefore we need to go into very deeply what does it mean the light of Hashem being present in a person. And we need to go very deeply into what this person's question was and what the Alter Rebbe answered. And for that we need to discover what does it mean presence. What does it mean presence? A person in his life will realize that most of his life he is asleep. Meaning to say he is not present. When he is present, he's trying to do something with that presence. What can I do with it? A person who's sitting just present, 
And right away the mind comes in. And the mind is creating time. This is extremely important to understand. The mind is creating time. The heart is creating space. What time is it for presence? Presence has no time. What space is it for presence? Presence has no space. You understand? The, the trap of the mind is that every single minute you are thinking there will be a something better in the future. This is the way, this is the nature of the mind. The trap of the heart is that every single minute I want to hold on to something. I want to hold on to it. So the mind and the heart are totally at odds with each other. Although the mind can also go back in time and regret and think about and take you to a different space. But the mind is like steps. It's like a moving elevator. It's either going up or it's going down. Most of the time, the mind is going up. That is the essence of the mind. The mind wants to take you to a place where you are not right now. Now there's a very tremendous beauty in that. Because with the mind, the mind can take you to a future. It can take you to a better future. And if that's talking about spiritually, if it's talking about asking purpose, meaning, then it's a tremendous thing because it's called aliyah, it's called elevation. With my mind, I could separate. This is good for me, this is bad for me. I want to grow. I want to do something better, spiritually, more meaningful. With my mind, I could do that. But the mind is in a constant state of taking away a person from where he is right now. We're going to get into why there's something good about that. But right now, let's focus on the trap of it. So with a person, with his mind, he can never be in a state of presence. He can never be in a, pray, in a space where Yishko and Oir Hashem. His soul can never be present in his body with his mind. Because his mind doesn't know what to do with that presence. He wants to do something with it. Because the mind is like steps. The Lashon Echsidis The thoughts, even though it's constant, it will constantly switch it with another thought. Another thought, another thought. So if I don't know what to think, if I don't know what, if I don't know what the purpose of my life is, if I don't know any, what presence means, I will constantly be involved with petty thoughts, petty worries, anxiety, thinking. If I think I'm controlling the whole entire world, as we explained before in the past, if I have a fear of flying, I have billions of atoms in my, in my system that run on their own. The plane is flying on its own. I have no idea how it works. But if my mind seeps in and I start to worry about how this plane is standing and I start to worry about it and I start to hold on to that and somebody tries to talk to me, they cannot talk to me because I'm worried. Because subconsciously I'm holding up the plane with my mind. And my mind is thinking every minute that the plane might fall down. The plane might fall down. And if I stop thinking for one moment, I think if I stop thinking for one moment, the plane will fall down. It's a tremendous illusion of the mind. So I have to constantly keep on thinking about my worry and my nervousness. My kids are going rock climbing and I'm thinking about them. And my wife's trying to talk to me. I can't talk to her because my kids are rock climbing. My thoughts have nothing to do with my kids. I have a fear of my kids walking up and down the steps. 
I could be sitting in my room, if I'm worried about it, there's nothing I could do. But this is the illusion of the mind, the trap of the mind. So we have to see the limit of the mind to be able to transcend it. We have to be able to see the limit of the mind. The mind is a tremendous gift, but the mind is also a tremendous trap. It's always trying to do something with what we have. It's always trying to take you somewhere into the future, take you somewhere where you can be. So presence and the mind have very little in common. The heart is always trying to hold on to what you have. To hold on, what can I get from this? Now this is what we call the outer heart and the outer mind. And we said yesterday that the Balatanya asks a question, and this is the essence of this peric. I mean, there's multiple essences, but this is the essence of this peric. And the Alter Rebbe wants to know if a person would give up all of his pleasures in his life to just live another day. If a person would give, would take all the most horrifying medicines that will hurt his body just to live another day, just to be present. Why does he not live like that? Why? Why will he only live like that when it's about to be taken away from him? Why does he have all these wills? Why does he have all these desires? Why does he have all these worries? Why, does he, why is he attached to all these thoughts? If the greatest pleasure of all is just being alive, just being present, just being awake, just being able to observe the world, just being able to realize the gift, the miracle that Hashem did in this world. If, that's the, if that is the greatest pleasure a person can have, why would he fall into the petty pleasures of this world? Why would he just run after all those things? And the Alter Rebbe says, the only reason a person does this is because it's a Tawas Gadol, it's a tremendous mistake. He thinks that he is old. He thinks that he is... He's been here for years and he has who knows how many days left. But he doesn't realize that he wasn't been here. He hasn't been here for days. And he hasn't been here for years and he has no time left. Time is an invention of the mind. There's only this moment. Your life only ever unfolded in this moment. There's only now the miracle of life, the pumping heartbeat. Death and life coming together happens now. This minute, this minute right now. Is the only time you're alive. They asked her, what is the best time you had in your life? She said, right now. Is it realistic? She said, now. Exactly. All we ever have is right now. But the mind is trying to take a person away from what he has right now. And the heart is trying to hold on to that magic that he has right now. But the reality is, that all a person ever has is now, is this moment. Is this moment with the magic of infinity, with something unlimited, unimaginable. Unimaginable is happening right now. It's the miracle of life. The miracle of life is we are nature and miracle combined. We are death and life happen. Death means the dying, the ending of the previous minute, the previous now. And the new now, that happens right this second. And that is to allow you to experience the newness of every single moment. 
which is a miracle beyond miracles. It's something that the mind can't comprehend. The mind can't do anything with it because it's something beyond our whole entire spectrum of understanding. But it only happens now. Then the mind comes in and creates a past from it. Then it, holds on, it creates a future. And all the while a person squanders what he has. But as a person is about to die, all of a sudden he realizes that there was no such a thing as time. And all of a sudden he realizes that whatever he had this moment was the greatest gift of all. And he wants now to hold on to it, but it's too late. But when a person starts to become aware of this, when he starts to become aware that only now he's alive, watch what happens with that awareness. How deeply aware can I become that I am alive? There's the presence that I could just see, the lilies, the flowers, the smell of everything. Right, we talked about Rabbi Leif who had a near-death experience and his car flipped over and all of a sudden time stood still and he had no more mortgage payments and he had no more pressures and no more problems. He was so happy to be alive and for the next few months he just glided through life. Which is a tremendous state to be in. Because you see the miracle of life. But then there's a deeper state which is the deeper state is the recognition. If the whole purpose is to be alive, what is the purpose of that life? The purpose of that life is to realize, for example, that my heart has the external heart, the outside of the heart, which is what I can get. So a person, for example, is the magic of his wedding. We talked about it yesterday. He sees his bride. And she sees the groom. And they're madly in love with each other. And they see that they're, wow, they're going to live a life of magic. And then the first in the Sheva Brachas, all of a sudden the first argument breaks out. Because they're living in presence. They're living in the miracle of life. They're living with the roadmap officially of how it looked in the wedding. But all of a sudden the first... The first... Argument breaks out. And what happened with this argument? Let's go deep into the root of this argument. What happened in the root of this argument is that the boy or the girl, if you ask them if you have a magic button, they would say, the boy would say, I want my wife to prepare me three meals, nine course meals, and I want her to compliment me the whole day, and I want her to give herself over to me the whole entire day. That's why I married her. And then when you ask him carefully, deeply, what could you, how much could you handle that? How many years? How happy will that make you? Nobody's ever thinking about this question, but how much could you contain? The outer heart, the outer heart is limited. It's limited, how much? At some point it will become dull. And then we, we I, there's nothing more going on over here. And it will be so continuous, it will lo lose all its vibrancy. But if a person could discover that the meaning of life, the meaning of his marriage, is the gift of what he could give, not what he could get. Because the outside of the heart could get. But there's a limit how much blood, there's a limit how much love, there's a limit how much he could get. But the inner heart, the inner heart is the core of the soul. So if my inner heart is awake, 
If I'm present, if I'm fully present, what does it mean to be present? To be a present means that I'm not asleep. To be present means that the inner core of my heart is seeping out, gushing out to the outer core of my heart. So I come into my marriage and it's not about me getting at all. It's about me giving the opportunity to be alive. What can I give? What is the meaning of my marriage? And if I'm only alive today, if I'm only married today, if today is the last day with my spouse, I'm giving every possible thing I could give. And I don't hear anything negative at all. And I'm fully alive. And I'm touching something that's infinite, something that I can't hold on to, something that I can't describe, something that's immeasurable. So if I transcended my heart, meaning to say I pierced through the core of my heart, the infinity of my heart, something that can't be held on to, because the outside could be held on to, the inside is something infinite. So every person has a deep soul in them, and the soul is infinite. And the soul is what's animating his body. And there's no description for that. The mind can't describe it, the mind can't grasp it. The heart can't hold it. It's infinite. But if I'm deeply rooted in my mind, if I'm deeply rooted in my heart, meaning the outside of my mind and my heart, the outside of it, then I'm, what can I get? Then I'm trapped and I'm asleep. But if I'm an enlightened person, if I have an enlightened marriage, if I'm like a tzaddik, what does it mean enlightenment? That's what he said. If I understand that the purpose of my heart is not what I could get, because getting is limited. Getting will never make you happy. You will run to the next thing to get the next thing. And then the mind will make an image of it. And then we'll try to hold on to it. And say, let me recreate that. Let's take a picture. Let's take a picture. Let's hold on to this moment. And then it becomes a past. And then it becomes a hope. We had one moment of a high. And let's recreate that high. And you remember you did this for me. And that's what I want you to do for me. Or if you could be in a state where you transcend your ego. You transcend the outside, the external. But in order to be free, in order to be present, in order to be alive, you have to, you have to be free from all attachments. In order to be present in your body, you have to be detached from your body. Your body is your temple. Your body is your place where you make your stand. Your body is where you're alive. But if you're deeply rooted in your body, then you're asleep. A person at night, he's asleep. He's deeply rooted in his body. He has no enlightenment at all. He's dreaming about nonsense. And then a person wakes up in the morning, and when he wakes up in the morning, he has a brand new day. But he can either go on sleeping, or he could become completely awake. Awake means purpose, it means meaning. The mind doesn't know what to do with meaning. The mind doesn't know, the heart doesn't know what to do with meaning. In order to transcend your heart and your mind, you have to go much deeper than what it is. You have to go deep inside. And that is Torah and Mitzvahs. And that is the revelation that we were given a Matan Torah. When you learn Torah, there's no time. There's no, I, wanna, I don't want to get anywhere. There's discovering the inner purpose of my life. They're discovering the language of my soul. They're discovering the way I connect with Hashem. 
the, the way I connect with the super being, with the being of all consciousness, with the creator of the world, the one who created me, and the one who keeps on creating me at this moment. And he wants me, not my great-grandfather, not my great-great-great-grandfather, but me, that I am the purpose of the world. And then I see the tremendous energy that there is in this moment. The tremendous energy that there's going to be in what I say to my spouse. The tremendous energy what I'm going to say to my child. The tremendous energy that there is in what change I'm going to make to another person. Which that comes from deep inside the heart. That comes from deep inside the mind. That doesn't come from the outside. That's the miracle of life. And the same thing is the mitzvahs. During Matan Torah, the Yidin were able to see what does it mean that God should be present in this world. That my soul should be present in my body. Fully present. Not that I can hold on to it in the sense that I say, what can I do with this presence? Because if you're holding on to it, it's not presence. Because every single moment you hold and you let go. So if somebody wants to hold on to something, if he wants to hold on to his marriage, he wants to hold on to the love that he married his wife for, then he missed the boat. Because it's not what she could do for him that's going to keep him alive. He got married for what he could do for her. And she has to think the same exact way. And then it's an enlightened marriage. Because then you're in touch with your aliveness. Then you're not asleep. And that is the essence of presence. The essence of presence is that your body is just a container. That you're surrendered. You're surrendered to your soul. And this is the essence of understanding the root of the ego. The root of the ego is, what can I do with what I just had? We did something good. How can I make a name for myself out of that? How can I hold on to that? But the ego is amazing because it is a trampoline, it is a portal that allows you to transcend the ego. The mind is there so you can transcend the mind. You can get deep into the core of the mind where there is no time. So the mind creates time to allow you to go beyond time. How? Through Torah. When you learn Torah, there's no time. The heart wants to hold on to everything only to let go. Only to let go. The core, the inner core of the heart is what can I give you? How much can I give you? That's the core of the heart. Then you're present. Then your neshama, the soul that's in your heart, is present in your heart. Because it's gushing forth. It's, it's, it's coming out. And that's the greatest pleasure of all. You can't hold on to that. That's infinite. You hold on to it. It's, 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 you hold on to it by letting go, by giving. That's what it is. Try it one time in your life and you'll see. The real moment of, of giving something unconditionally, without attachment. Not conditions. Conditions the ego. But give unconditionally. The moment when your spouse is extremely upset at you, but you really just are quiet and you give unconditional love. And that's why the Altareb is explaining this to a person because we have to use a metaphor. Imagine a person gets married and in his Sheva Brachas, God forbid, the wife sees that the husband got cancer. And she has to be there 18 hours a day in the hospital. She will be there for him constantly. Because of tremendous love. So how could it be that love turned into hate in the Sheva Brachas from the first argument? She will be for him, there for him 18 hours a day. What happened? Because there's a tremendous wakefulness that comes 
in such an experience. Nobody should ever have to go through it. But this is a tremendous contrast to understand. A tremendous contrast to understand that you have to go deeper. The person has to go to the core of his heart. The core is what can he give? Nobody would be jealous of that couple. But you know what type of relationship they will have? It transcends all ego, transcends everything. Because you're in a, both are in a state of enlightenment. The person who's giving, they're giving unconditional love. There's no attachment. There's no, what am I going to get? What do you mean I'm giving up? 16, 17 hours of my day, I'm taking care of the love of my life. But that's being totally present. That's beyond, there's love with no attachment. I married you so I could give you love with no conditions. And that's presence. That's being in a state of presence. And only through Torah mitzvahs, only through the essence, and that's the essence of, of, of Torah mitzvahs, which is to really love a person with no attachment, to really get deep into the core where you can transcend, you can transcend your ego. And that's why the question that the person writer writing to the Alter Rebbe over here was the wrong question. But because he had pain, because he saw his life because he didn't have any attachments. He, his attachments were stripped away from him. The Alter Rebbe used this as a time to wake him up to his purpose of his life. And he said, this is not the way where presence is going to ride on you. Because actually you're very close to living a meaningful life. Because a person on his last day, a person who lost his hope for tomorrow. He will live like that, the way you're about to live. Which is with the presence, which realizing that the greatest gift of all. You have suffering in your life, it's true. But the greatest gift of all you still have. You own, you're the one who has it now. Everybody else is deeply rooted in some type of attachment, some type of storytelling, that they're, 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 they're not close to that presence, they're not close to that wakefulness. But you, you could wake up. Why could you wake up? Because you don't have any of the attachments to anything, so you could wake up to, to being the same way the person the last day of his life, he says, I'll do anything, just give me another day. I'll give up all the pleasures, just give me another week. And that is the essence of Yishkan Hashem, to get in touch with the infinity inside my soul and to realize the magic of this moment, the miracle of this moment, with Abish is creating me for a purpose.